Hey everyone, welcome to episode 15 of Cloud Conversations with Rue and Pete. I'm Rue, it's a nice day here in Scotland, I guess, uh, and I'm joined with Pete. Uh, Pete, how are you doing? Hey Rue, I'm doing really well, thank you. It's not it's it's not that great a day, just a little bit down the road in uh, in the northeast of England. It's, it's misly and yucky, but uh, it's all good though. But uh, how's your week been? Yeah, not bad. Uh, not particularly eventful, I've, although I've been keeping busy on Twitter, just seeing the storm that's going on over Windows 11 and all these hardware requirements and stuff like that. But uh, So oh. that's been interesting to see the what should have been a very exciting and fun thing turn into a bit of a PR disaster, uh, but we can mm. get into that later, I think. That's a good point, actually. We must talk about that. But uh, anyhow, without further ado, it is my absolute pleasure to introduce to you our guest this week. It's the the one and only Joy Apple. So, hey, Joy, how are you? Welcome. Hello, Pete. Rue, thank you so much for having me. I'm lovely. I'm, uh, I'm sharing your weather experience. I think it's rainy and drizzly. But <laughs> it's been in Oklahoma, so we're happy for it. Oh, that's hot. <laughs> it, is, it is indeed. Yeah, I, I don't think I could cope with that. But um, so, so Joy is a, a Microsoft MVP who specializes in uh, SharePoint and Teams, but particularly. And um, Joy, I always introduce you as uh, you are my MVP birthday twin because we were awarded the the MVP award on the same day. So we're siblings. <laughs> we are. We are. It's, what did we talk about that before we started recording? What an exciting day that was. Absolutely, absolutely. A day like no other. But um, but yeah, welcome. And if you would, please, would you just give us a quick introduction to yourself for our viewers, uh, uh, who you are and where you're from and, and how you've got to where you are today? Well, that is a long and winding road, but uh, I am Joy Apple on social media. I am known as Joy of SharePoint, so you can guess which app is my favorite. <laughs> I have been working with Microsoft products and technologies for almost 13 years now. Uh, it hurts when you do the math, you know, you start adding mm. But I'm a modern workplace strategist with the Pate Group based out of Cincinnati, Ohio. But I personally live in Tulsa, Oklahoma, right smack dab in the middle of the U.S. Um, I've lived in Oklahoma for almost eight years now, which is hard again math is just stunning sometimes but <laughs> it's a great place to be i very much enjoy it and it gives me a chance to centrally be located close to a lot of my clients so that's perfect awesome and uh as a microsoft mvp who focuses on sharepoint and teams let's start with a, a bit of a, a dive into what would be your current assessment of the the state of the nation when it comes to microsoft and oh. their collaborative services well, I will say, and I, I probably say this multiple times a week, for me, it is the most exciting time to be working with the collaboration suite. Hmm. The things we can do now in SharePoint, I'm telling you, when I inherited my first Moss farm, we dreamed about the kind of capabilities we have now. Um, hmm. External sharing, it's secure, but I hate to use the E word, but it's also easy. Right. You know, we're not having to deal with all those clunky tools we've had to for so long. Um, lists are finally getting the attention they have deserved for mm. so long. That's wonderful to see offline list capability coming up. Can't wait to dive into that. There's so many exciting things happening and it's just a great time to be in the in the stack. 
Yeah, it really is kind of night and day compared to what it even looked like 10 years or so ago. Because we, mm-hmm. we were talking to about this to Paul Dredge and even just the aesthetics of SharePoint now, it's much, it looks nicer. You know, it looks, oh God, I'll use the M word, it looks modern, you know, just without having to put too much effort into it yourself as an admin, you just fire it up and it looks nice, kind of out the mm. box now. Oh, for years we used to tell people, okay, yes, SharePoint, she ain't pretty, but she's functional, right? <laughs> Do a lot. Don't yeah. focus on the aesthetics, get the functionality down, and then worry about it. And even then, boy, branding SharePoint was so very expensive. Um, not just that first upfront cost, but to maintain it over the years. That's not really the case anymore. It's it's pretty fantastic. One of the questions that I kind of wanted to, to throw at you, not being a SharePoint person, but I see a lot of discussion about when folks are, you know, they're looking at their on-prem stuff and they're maybe a wee bit behind and they're thinking, well, how do I start utilizing SharePoint online? Because I'm paying for it with Office 365. But everybody knows when you do these migrations, you shouldn't just take everything, terabytes of data that's sitting there and throw it all into the cloud. So I guess the question for me is, how do you even start? Where does it all begin making that jump? Oh, it, I equate it to getting ready to move, which I did about six months ago. And it's still as painful as I remembered it being. But um, if you're going to move from one house to another, typically you're going to start looking at your rooms and going, okay, does everything need to move? Or is now a really good time to go through those boxes I never unpacked from the last move? Is it time to go through the closet and get rid of the things that are out of date? They're not relevant anymore, right? They're saying skinny jeans are out. I'm happy about that, right? (laughs) (laughs) So we look at our file share structures. Do we still need those policies and procedures that were last updated in 1998 or 2008? Are they still relevant? They might be. I got schooled once teaching a class for a group at NASA when I started talking about maybe just go back five to eight years bring that with you. And he was like, well, I still reference microfiche from the sixties. I was like, Mm. okay, that's your relevant data, but what's relevant to you? Bring that over. Um, And I'll tell you, this is an unpopular conversation to have. People don't like to have this conversation, but the Microsoft world is flat. The flatter our information architecture is, the better we're going to have performance and responsiveness from our lists, libraries, and pages, the better our search results are going to be. And eventually, the better experience our business users are going to have in finding their content. So if we can look at those really deep nested structures and elevate them up, flatten them out, have the conversation, okay, on the file share, that really big folder is now going to be a site. And those not so big folders are now going to be libraries. And those itty bitty granular, the folders by year, the folders by department, the folders by category, those can now be metadata. So you cannot just sort and filter your files, but you can slice and dice them according to that metadata. Wow, it's magic, but it's hard. Moving is hard, whether it's houses or document management platforms, but don't lift and shift, resist the urge. help your users, have the conversations, bring in an expert. 
that has the conversations all the time and can facilitate that and take the scariness away for your business folks. Mm. I love that analogy, the moving house. That is perfect. I'm so mm. going to nick to pinch that and use it myself now. So thank, thank you. <laughs> yeah, and fantastic. That, and, and you were so right. Go on, Rui, sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say that's that's an interesting point there that I want to pick up on. You mentioned how the Microsoft world, at least with regards to SharePoint, is it's flat. Mm. And so is that just trying to translate that, putting my old on-prem hat back on? Yeah. I've got a shared drive, a thousand subfolders. Is the point there then that we want to kind of have less of that and use what would normally be subfolders as metadata of files and lists and things like that? Is that the point there? Absolutely. So we we know, and we'll use the M word again, modern SharePoint. Is it still going to be modern in five years? I, I wonder. But, it's going to be uh, more modern, more modern. Modern. Aren't you? <laughs> uh, we, we're moving away from subsites if we haven't started moving away from subsites, it's probably a good time to start thinking about it because the brand managers that are rolling out in the product stack are focused at that top level site in the site collection. So we bring those subsites up, but I've been preaching flat library structure, oh gosh, for almost 13 years now because the deeper we dig, the more frustrated we get. And how many times do you dig through that deep folder structure and you hit an empty folder? Oh. Why, why, is, why is that here? So now you gotta work your way back up and go down. So when we reduce that, we reduce the frustration of people that are just hunting and looking. Um, search is happier. Search really only shines if your content only goes library, folder, subfolder no deeper than that because search kind of thinks oh well if that was important we wouldn't have buried it five uh -huh. to 10, 30 levels deep so we're going to get more accurate search results as well the weight of that content goes up so coming and going it's it's just good and when you can show a user especially our spreadsheet people i'm not a spreadsheet person i don't speak that language i don't think that way but if you show someone that you can just have all your files flat and almost query your data the way you can with rows and columns on the spreadsheet, flat in the root of that document library, it's like this ginormous light bulb goes off. Oh, I get it. And it's magic. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 And in addition to not uh, using subsites anymore, I think mm -hmm. uh, I always say to my customers, don't do subsites, do hub sites. Because <laughs> hub sites are a big thing now and or things like audience targeting. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm guessing I'm speaking your language there as well, Joy. Yeah, heck yeah. Hub sites, oh, I love them. I have a presentation that I do about rethinking internet navigation hub sites for the modern world. And it, we just kind of walk through what we used to have, how we used to build and what we have now, kind of going through that progression. And when you can take architecture, because when you start breaking out those subsites, people start going, holy crap, that's a lot of sites. That's mm. what I thought. That's a lot of sites out there. It is, but you've always had a lot of sites. They just went down a rabbit hole instead of sitting you know, on the top of the ground. We can use those hub sites to bring them together when that architecture is wide, but the scope and the purpose is related. 
boom, you got your roll-ups, which are magic. We've always wanted to be able to do roll-ups. Now we can. So we get our roll-ups, we get that focus search scope, and we get that consistent navigation. Yes. I kind of so, like this stuff. For, for, those of, for those of us that don't know the difference between SharePoint and a tomato, what exactly is a, is a hub site then, and how does that differ from subsites? Oh, great question. So in the olden days of SharePoint, you know, three years ago, you we would create what was called a site collection, which mm -hmm. is a collection of sites. So you get that top level site, the parent site, and then you would create those subsites. And your subsites could go wide or they could go deep, but they all lived within that bucket. And when we looked at our URL, we would see slash sites slash HR. And then you would see HR slash benefits, HR slash wellness, right? And those were our subsites. Right. Now you just have slash site slash HR, slash site slash wellness, site slash benefits. Everything is its own site, its own parent site with its own members, owners, and visitors. But I can turn, if it's appropriate, I can turn that at say the HR site into a hub site. I hubify it. And it's a button I click in the admin center that says this site's going to be a hub. And what it does, I call it a mothership. It lets that site become the mothership. And I can go grab that wellness site and just associate it. I'm not constructing it onto it. I'm just saying this site is now associated with HR. Benefits is now associated with HR. So it creates um, a family of sites that aren't, aren't built together but they're associated together. So that basically we can go with the mothership analogy. You know, they kind of take their cue from that HR site, whatever the theme is that pushes down. So visually I see, and I recognize that they're related search. If I search from HR, I'm searching to all the associated sites, HR, not the whole organization. Um, I can roll up very easily the news, the events, the highlighted content of that primary hub site. So it's my landing page and I can go from there and bounce out to anywhere I need to very easily. Right. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. That's, I was, I'm, and I need to pick up on that actually, because again, is me being outside looking in with SharePoint, that's a really good yeah. and a really clear explanation. How did you kind of get so good at teaching things and explaining things and dumbing them down for knuckleheads like me? <laughs> <laughs> so, my first SharePoint job was actually, actually, my first IT job was a help desk. I think most IT folks should have to do a rotation on a help desk at least once. To totally learn, agree. Yeah, learn how to talk to people, learn what their daily struggles are. But um, I went from that to actually being the SharePoint admin for a company because um, I just kind of gravitated towards it. I knew that's what I wanted to do. But uh, after that, I realized I didn't do well sitting in a box just talking with servers. So I started doing internal teaching because that IT department had kind of taken SharePoint and thrown it at people and walked away. So SharePoint was a mess. It was either a file share or it was ignored. So I started doing training and that actually led to my first full-time training job. So I did nothing but teach SharePoint 24 seven, I would do four and five day classes, taking people from nothing to having built out 
SharePoint environments over a four or five day period of time. Cool. And yeah, you're, you're spot on about everyone should have to do a, a round in the help desk because I always look at it like that's where the rubber meets the road. It's all well and good. The level twos and the level threes setting all this stuff up, but it's your help desk guys and gals that they have to be the ones that are sitting there and managing it as the users mm -hmm. have their problems. And they're the first guys that hear any problems and unfortunately have to fix any of the, the crap that the higher levels put out there. Or, or get to the point where you know even who to send it to. Because we all know SharePoint gets blamed for everything because everything goes to mm. SharePoint, the intranet. So SharePoint sound, is it? Mm -hmm. Or mm -hmm. is it a web server that's down? Or is it DNS? It's always DNS. Mm. Or did they hit the Wi-Fi switch on their computer and their computer is not? <laughs> You just never know, do you? But uh, from my perspective, it is so nice to see SharePoint getting some much-deserved love in recent times because it's it's a, it's not had the best of uh, reputations over its lifespan. And more recently, I mean, I'm, I, I'll make it clear I'm a SharePoint online guy. I very rarely to never touch on-prem. I'm online all the way. But um, I, I think what's Driven it for me is Teams, for sure. Mm -hmm. I think Teams has brought people back to SharePoint from the very fact that the the data in Teams, the file structures in Teams, is has a SharePoint site, and and from your SharePoint sites, you can you mentioned Hubifying before. You can Teamify a SharePoint site as well. So there's that great correlation between the two technologies. Uh, Mark Rackley coined a phrase that we use inside Paint quite a bit: that Teams is the gateway drug to SharePoint. Mm, yeah. It kind of is because so many times through the history of SharePoint, you would hear a group or a department say, I don't need a site. We don't need a site. We just need a place where we can share files. It's like, okay, well then ignore the site. Just use the library. Let's make some libraries for you. Now, okay, try a team. Hmm. You don't have to touch SharePoint if you don't want to. Absolutely. And one of the common questions that um, I found as somebody who works a lot with SharePoint and with Teams from customers is, when do I need a, a SharePoint site as opposed to when do I need Teams or when do I need Yammer communities? And uh, how, how do you respond to that sort of question when you inevitably get it? Well, I ask my consultant question. Well, first I say, it depends. <laughs> and then I say, what are you trying to do? Are you taking content and sharing it out to a large group inside of your organization? More than likely in that situation, a SharePoint communication site is going to be a good go-to thing. Put it out there. Give everybody read access to the content. They can come consume it. Fill out that form. Make the request. Get to the content and go on about their job. But if we need a place where we can work together, it's task-based. There's things going on. We need to get stuff done. Let's talk about Teams because Teams brings communication to the collaboration, right? Mm -hmm. Brings it up to the next level. We can talk about it while we're doing it. And I love how you can open a document in Teams and have that chat pane on the right. So we don't even, you don't have to have a meeting. What? Mm -hmm. We can work together and not have a meeting? Magic. But if you want to have a community, it's not task-based. It's an area of interest or an area of learning. Then I would absolutely recommend we look at Yammer. Uh, Yammer has kind of had, mm, 
we've kind of all rolled our eyes at Yammer in the past. I will leave. Yeah. Yeah. I have rolled my eyes hard at Yammer. But me too. <laughs> we we have sorry, Yammer, we're sorry. But uh 2020 brought this home to me because if everything is in teams, all the talk, all the chatter, then every time I get a notification from teams, I'm like Pavlov's dog. I'm jumping at it. Where's my phone? What's going on? What's happening? Because the weight of all of those notifications is, is pretty high, pretty heavy. But if we pull the want to know away from the need to know, we put what I want to know about, what I want to be involved, and I separate that from my tasks, now I'm not getting information overload. Now I go to Yammer when I want to engage with this community. I have the time to invest in some of that learning that's not task-based. Mm. And the architecture kind of starts to simmer down a little bit in terms of that notification overload. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. I've never heard it described that way before. And again, I'm, I'm still going to use that. So thank you. <laughs> Um, I tell you, Microsoft, uh, Rishi, and I am blanking on his last name, has a great bit of information on Maka, modern architecture. Mm -hmm. I borrowed that from him, so I cannot take all the credit for that. But that went through that process with him, had him on one of our webinars, and it was like, oh. And I actually tweeted Mm -hmm. an apology to Yammer that day. <laughs> it does seem like Yammer gets a very, very hard time of it. And, you know, part of me wonders if it's because, well, you mentioned earlier how when you worked in the internal IT team, it felt like SharePoint had just been thrown into an organization without being developed around much about it. Yes. Part of me kind of feels if Yammer was treated that way with Microsoft when it was acquired, and it didn't even feel integrated from from all the, all the way from signing in, the fact that it required a separate sign-in originally to the rest of it, it just seemed like it never got fully adopted like it could have. And maybe finally that's starting to change. I think so. And it used to have its own separate document storage, which, come on, right? <laughs> Everything's supposed to go to SharePoint. So yeah. now everything goes to SharePoint, right? So 2020 was supposed to be the year of grammar. Instead, it... Mm was a very different year, but they have put so much work and effort into aligning it with the Microsoft 365 goals and initiatives. It's there. It's ready. The web parts now for the modern pages. Shifting things over a little bit because I can only talk about SharePoint for so long. I realize we're talking I realize we're talking to uh, talking to yourself about that but uh, just kind of more speaking about the kind of the softer side of things then you know you run a, a webinar series that you call the joy of SharePoint can you talk mm-hmm. to us a little bit about how how that came to be so years ago I was a uh, contractor first consultant for an oil and gas company here in Oklahoma and they did a thing called S-Band and it was their SharePoint Hang on, SharePoint Business Administrators Network. And once a quarter, the SharePoint team would do an hour, talk about, did you know you can do this in SharePoint? How are things going with you and your team? They have like thousands of site collections and a small group of people managing them. And when I came in, so you might've picked up, I kind of have a flair for the dramatic. (laughs) 
went to college on a drama and theater scholarship. So okay. it's, you know, it's my, it's my jam. So I kind of got in there and just had so much fun with it. Like we would do themes with the presentations. Like one week it was Star Wars week and just went nuts with that. When I left there and I transitioned over to paint group, I told Mark, I said, I want to do a webinar because that was so fun with those business users. And it gave them a chance to come in, learn some new features, mention some things they were having issues with. And that's that's a point I've not gotten to yet to really be able to truly interact and talk through things with people in the webinar. But it's, it's in my mind. Um, so I thought, well, present topics, reach people. You don't have to be a developer. You don't have to have spent 13 years working on Microsoft products. You know, what are you trying to do? What, what could I present that would help people? And I just like it. It's just fun to get up to talk about it and hopefully help somebody kind of push through an issue that they've been having. Awesome. Good stuff. And you know, it's funny because I mean, Webinars are a really big thing in IT, and I don't know if they're big in many other industries. I just don't know that they could be. That's just me being ignorant. Mm -hmm. uh, how kind of interactive do you have those webinars? And when you're doing events like that, to what degree do you like the interactivity? Or do you prefer to deliver it more like a kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, more like a lecture? I love to interact. Um, I've actually gone back and listened to some of the recordings and I'll actually stop what I'm presenting because I've read a question. I'm like, oh, Linda, that's a great question. <laughs> yes, let's talk about that. And I wonder, sometimes I worry, it's like, boy, if someone's going back a year later and watching that, are they like, what's even happening? What's going on? But if you're in the moment and that question comes up, that's the perfect time to address it. Anyway, I, I feed off of that. I actually am hoping the webinar features that are rolling out in Teams give me that ability to go, oh, Linda, unmute you, ask the question, let's have that conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course, Teams now has webinars uh, as, as a mm -hmm. third offering. We've now got meetings, we've got live events, and we've now got webinars. So have, have you had a chance to try the webinars out very much just yet? We haven't yet. Uh, we still are doing live events for the webinars. You used to do GoToWebinar. But I'm I'm happy we're consolidating in the team space for that. Um, I don't know. I Stacy Burris with Paint Group helps me do a lot of the the marketing and the the metrics and things like that. So it's a little bonus. But I would like to either move into that webinar space or just do the large meetings. Hopefully, hopefully we need the large meeting, a meeting, and let people come in, talk, have the conversations almost make it more like a panel, not mm. just here and talking at you. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think the the, the, the larger meetings that Teams now has, beyond mm -hmm. what it did maybe this time last year, they're really good as far as you kind of can run a webinar from them because you've got a lot of meeting policies. You can mute everyone by default, force webcams to turn off. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it's going to win over, I don't want to say a lot of custom, but when I look at where we were a couple of years ago before the pandemic and it felt like every other meeting and invite I get, it would be Zoom or it would be GoToMeeting or some other one. And for the most part, at least the Citrix solutions, Goto, whatever, mm -hmm. I just don't see those anymore. It feels like Microsoft have really started to push that away. I would say that's true. I'm thinking back to my last several 
external meeting invites. Yep, it's either Teams or Zoom, I would say, are the two big dogs right now. Yep, that's what it seems. Uh, and probably for the better because I never really liked go to meeting or any of that stuff. It always <laughs> never seemed to work quite right. I have a pen. The other one was Cisco WebEx, wasn't it? it was the other one that oh, yes, of course. Got, yep. got used quite a lot. Sorry, Joy, what were you going to say? Oh, no, I was just being snarky. You're saying I have opinions about those, but I probably should keep them to myself. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I won't pry into that. Uh, we can all guess what those opinions are. One of the things you mentioned there that I'd, I'd like to pick up on is you mentioned that, you know, from the sound of things, you never got into IT, you know, straight out of school or something like that. You mentioned you went on a kind of like a musical scholarship into, into college. Uh, so do you play musical instruments? And can you talk to us a little bit about that? Um, you probably couldn't tell it now because of I've had this allergy attack, cold situation happening. Um, but I did musical theater. So okay. uh, from the time I was five till whenever, uh, I'm a singer. So oh, wow. I had to play Oklahoma memorized by the time I was probably four years old. Huh, wow. Singing and music and, and Broadway and all that. That's that's my heart and soul. So singing and dancing is and performing. But I did play the clarinet and band, not it wasn't amazing, but it was it got me out of PE. <laughs> <laughs> oh fun. fantastic. But yeah, that's, I, that's, really, that's cool, yeah. Yeah, it is I, indeed. I absolutely love musicals myself. I'm a big, big musical fan. I mean, I think Les Mis is my all-time favorite. I mm. absolutely love Les Mis. And more recently, something that got me through the early stages of uh, COVID when it was released on Disney Plus was Hamilton, which I mm. think is amazing. Um, are, are you fans of those ones, Joy? I have not watched Hamilton yet because I want to see it live. Right. Good point. Good point. Oh, you, I, I have Disney Plus because Mandalorian. I had to, but yeah, um, yeah. Oh, and all the Marvel. This is stuff. the way. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm I'm holding back from that because I I want to see it live. Oh, and would you go to Broadway for that? In a heartbeat, but. <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to say something and people are going to go, what? But Tulsa, Oklahoma actually is extremely arts oriented. And you don't think about that when you think about oil wells and buffalo and prairie. Mm. <laughs> because we also, like, I live in the Osage Hills, so it's very hilly, very pretty. But because of the oil boom in the early 1900s, money was here. Yeah. It was actually the fastest growing economy in the world for a while. So there is still a lot of investment. We have an opera, we have a ballet, we have two symphonies. So there's actually the Broadway tours when they go through, Tulsa is usually one of their big stops. Oh, cool. So Hamilton came through to the Performing Arts Center. I would, I would go see it downtown in a heartbeat. <laughs> but yeah. if I had a good opportunity to go see it on Broadway, you got to do it, haven't you? Without a doubt. Just just before COVID again, um, talking pre-COVID times when we could all get out and about, I used to get down to London quite a lot, which is about a two and a half hour train journey for me from where I am in the north of England and go visit customers in London. And I used to walk past the Victoria Palace Theatre quite a lot. 
And Hamilton, that's where Hamilton has is in residence in London. And at the time, I, I actually hadn't heard of it. I was like, Hamilton, what's that? It's a new one on me. I mean, other theatres were there. I'd seen Les Mis and Wicked and other things like that. But mm-hmm. uh, So I, I got introduced to Hamilton through Disney Plus when when the whole um, furor about it was, was came out. And uh, that's how I got introduced. But I completely agree with you. When when I get the chance, I'm going to take my wife, Louise, down to, down to London. We're, we are going to go and see that show live because it's just... It's so, so good. <laughs> but I will not say any more because you've not seen it yet, so I'll not spoil it. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I look forward to SharePoint and Musical, or Teams and Musical, or whatever. <laughs> Ooh, there's an idea. There's an idea. <laughs> We've got to work on that. We can do this. We can do this. We can, we can figure this out. There you go. The seed's been planted. I- I'll leave I it with we you. Can. I feel like we're going to have to do this now. We're going to have to do this now. <laughs> and is it something that you still kind of, uh, I mean, is it something you still practice? Like, can you, obviously we're talking about musicals and that's that's it in a professional setting, but is it something that someone can still do as a hobby, that kind of thing? It is. Um, they would have to be more disciplined than me to be able to <laughs> right. do I keep saying when when things simmer down a little bit, I totally want to invest in one of the local community theaters and get get back at it. Right now, um, my this I don't know if this is gonna make sense or not, but I almost feel that Joy of SharePoint is my outlet for that. Because let's be honest, when you're working with a customer, you have this persona that you are. You are. Rue, you are Pete, the professional, and you are this. And when you're not doing that, you're either quieter or louder or more serious or more goofy or something. You know, you're not all you when you're with the customer. And very much the joy of SharePoint when I'm speaking, when I'm presenting. Um, I'm trying to think in my now. I think now I'm a little bit 50-50, just joy and joy of SharePoint. Because, you know, we're just talking about things. But that's that's my opportunity. I step up there and I enjoy SharePoint and I know what I'm doing and I've gone down this road and we're we're engaging in this for a while. And then I come off stage. I'm like, okay, I need coffee. I have to sit down. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) I get that completely. I get that completely. Go ahead. No, no, just uh, jumping on the back of that really, really good point, because I guess when you are. And I think we're all consultants here, or we're at least in that third-party IT world where mm-hmm. and I know a lot of our listeners and viewers are. When you do have these conversations with the customer, you are telling a story, I guess. So you do kind of have that theatrical element to it, I guess, just because you're not telling a story as far as you're not selling them in the same way that Microsoft might sell them something, but you're on their side and you're trying to help them get to where they want to be. And that involves... Involves a little bit of influential language, and with that comes the need to be theatrical sometimes, I guess. Yeah, yeah. and it's you have to be your best you. It's it's not a fake thing, but it's just a very it's a place of confidence, and hmm. you know, um, it's rampant. I'm sure across verticals professionally, but we hear a lot about people talking about the imposter syndrome, hmm. and I'm going to wrestle with that. I wrestle with that uh, week by week sometimes where it's just like, who do you really think you are? You know, that voice that's in here, but you can't have that when you're trying to help someone through a problem. You know, mm-hmm. you're your best you. 
I, you know, you can help them. You know, you have the problems and you're working them through that. And you see the success and, and you see the solutions come to fruition. But then you're going to have those moments where you go back, you know, the stage light goes off, the curtain closes and you sit down and you're like, oh my gosh, am I really doing this? Does this make sense? <laughs> okay. And then you go to Twitter and, and you get your reinforcements and, and you're, you're back on stage the next day. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's really good. You, you do have to kind of be your best you, like you said, in front of the mm -hmm. customer. And sometimes that can mean bottling it up and putting on a brave face. Cause one of the things I kind of find is that it's when you have those conversations with customers and sometimes it feels like you maybe don't know where it's going to go, or you're maybe just treading a little bit out of your depth. Hmm. You put the brave face on, and then, like you said, you kind of probably know deep down, yes, this can be done, or yes, I know how to do it. But off the top of my head, I can't talk you through it. So like you then said, you go back and you talk to the community and you say, back me up here. This is something we can do, isn't it? Yep. yep. And it's critical to have to be authentic when you're being your best year. I've had many times when a customer asks me a question, I'm like, I don't know. You know what? I don't know. But give me a couple of days and I'm going to go find out. But that again, that's where the community comes in, whether that's my coworkers and colleagues at pay group, or if that's reaching out going, Hey Pete, you're an online guy. I got this. Thing. <laughs> Take it out to the community, get that wealth of experience that one person could never harness. Um, we've all had those moments. And I think that's something that's amazing about our MVP community and drop the MVP, our Microsoft community, we've all been there. We've all gone, I don't know, but I'll go find somebody that does. Mm, completely. I've had that so many times. And the most important thing is that one of the lessons I learned very early on in my career is if you don't know, don't try and pretend that you do because it can get you into so much trouble. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, you, you speak to the community there and I cannot say enough about the community. They have done exactly that for me as well when I've been in that situation when I've not known something I can go to this person over here that person and, and you're right it doesn't have to be MVPs it can be uh, people within the community who aren't on that journey it can be people within Microsoft uh, mm -hmm. uh, themselves I mean a good example of that recently was I was speaking to Erica Tully who's now at Microsoft, who's um, compliance and uh, records management, information government's legend, and uh, she she must be tired of me actually. If, if you're listening, Erica, thank, <laughs> thank you so much for all the help you've given me recently because I've I've badgered her so much about things I don't know about compliance lately, but mm -hmm. it's been brilliant, and I've been able to go back to my customers and say, yeah, this is how you do it, and I've got this straight from the top. So, <laughs> yeah, that that's a really good point, and. It always amazes me. I think I say this every show, but it really does amaze me just how much time folks put into it. It's like I can have a problem on Twitter. I put it out there and then folk don't just take a minute or two out of their day to say, yes, it can be done. No, it can't be done. People will take a really great deal of their own personal time to help you through something. And oh, this is going to sound soppy, but it can be kind of touching in a way, you know, because it's like, you know, they care that there's someone out there that's struggling and they want to help you. It's just quite a nice feeling. Oh, definitely. And I'm so looking forward to the in-person events too, because being able to sit down with people, have those conversations, and it's funny, you can go to someone for a little bit of mentoring 
and it can turn into a little bit of minting along the way, you know, you just give and take in this community and it's just, it's wonderful. I don't think there's anything like it out there. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the cool thing is like, if it is on, so in person is going to be a little bit different and that's obviously very important in part for your mental health, just because it's great to meet new people and things like that. Yeah. Uh, but when it happens online and it happens on places like the tech community or on Twitter, Mm -hmm. I'll take great value out of the fact that that's kind of archived there and it's there for a whole bunch of other folks to see. I, I've i lost count of the number of times where I've ran into some random problem. I feel like the only person in the world that's had it. I'll jump on Twitter and I'll search for it and there'll already have been a conversation a year or so happening between folks in the community about it. And I can just jump in and steal the answer and look really good in front of my customer. So that's, <laughs> the, kind of, that's the kind of advantage to all this stuff happening online as well, I guess. Oh, for sure. And I, I tell people all, all the time, I can't think of a conversation where it doesn't come up. If you're not on Twitter, get on Twitter. And I know people, yeah. oh, social media, oh, it's gross and it's mean and it's stuff. And I'm like, it's only if you let that in. You mm. choose what you want to see and what you don't. Don't don't go follow. I don't follow any kind of news, anything. I refuse. I don't want to know. I choose to be ignorant. But um my Joy SharePoint account is only technical accounts in the Microsoft community. And it's just bomb.com, right? Yeah. It's a wealth of information. It's a wealth of support. It's, it's That's where the community comes alive for us 24-7 globally. Yep, yep. And I, I get that as well. I get the fact that social media can be so bad for your health, yeah. you know, just bombarded with mobs of very angry people and they want everyone else to be angry and miserable with them but twitter insofar as is really good because see what one thing i learned back at the beginning of the pandemic was the mute function on twitter where you just put in a word and it will hide anything to do with that word and my mm -hmm. mute list is hundreds of words long now because there's certain things that i don't have a problem with folk talking about them just i don't i don't care i don't want to be involved in it i don't want to see it yep, yep. exactly yep. Or gold i have a personal account too Okay, I'll get <laughs> and I'll go dive into something over there and see what's going on in the yeah. I guess the, the rest mm. of the world. I can't tell you. I maybe open up that account once a month. I li I live in I live in Microsoft land. That's where I want to be. Yeah, that's a good place yeah. to be. Good place Definitely. to be. But, uh, you've just taught me something there, Rue, because I had no idea about that meeting on Twitter. Oh. I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, you need to use it, mate. It's so as soon as something comes up in the news that I don't want to see anything about because. I'll be honest, I used to be a real political junkie. Like I followed all the news, really interested in politics. Grosses me out now that I think about it, but I used to follow all that kind of stuff. But now I'm like, I'm trying to be apolitical in a way because, mm -hmm. I don't know, it just becomes very unhealthy, the discussion. too much, isn't it? Spot on. Yeah, and, exactly. I, and I'm the same. I'm the same. I mean, especially since COVID-19, I just didn't want to know about it. It was too negative for me. I, I try, by my nature, I... I'm a predominantly positive person. So when I see yeah. things like that, it gets me down. So I'll, I'll just not watch it. Um, and I managed to avoid it for the most part. But the problem is um, my, my lovely wife is the opposite of that. She's a news hound. <laughs> she, she, she watches every press conference about COVID, about everything that's going on. So And then she'll tell me. So I find out anyway. So... <laughs> well, I kind of have that. It's like all my husband will be like, well, did you hear about that? I'm like, no, so why don't you tell me, filter it, 
tell me. I don't don't give me opinions. Just tell me the facts. Okay, now I know. Thank you. Going about my day. There you go. That's what we need. We need some kind of Microsoft AI that can just distill it to us. Maybe in our Katana daily briefing. Here's your here's the five things you need to know. Yep. Ooh, yeah, use a, AI. AI to apply what filters to it and give us only the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> although, although I did hear recently that the Bing, you know, the home, the Bing home feed news page, whenever you install Edge, you get that. I read recently that that's mostly AI powered. And quite frankly, that explains why it's so bad because some of the news articles on, it feels a very un-Microsoft product, Bing news or MSN yeah. news or whatever it's called. It feels kind of mm. clickbaity and ugly. Uh, anyway, so I, I, pick, picking up on that, you, you mentioned how you'll maybe deliberately try to stay away from that and you're happy to kind of be like me and Pete, I guess, in that Microsoft bubble. But being aware that at least I'm totally addicted to my phone, I'll just say it. How do you then try and separate from being constantly consumed with work and with 365 and with SharePoint? And then how do you ever set that aside and just focus on, I don't know, real life? I'm glad my husband's not home so he can't like open the door and say hypocrite, but uh, <laughs> it's hard. So the summer of 2019, we did a road trip in Colorado. I have a Jeep Wrangler. I love my Jeep. No fun. We took, yeah. yeah. We took it on a road trip in Colorado and we're going through this beautiful mountain pass. The scenery was stunning. You overuse the word amazing in Colorado. And that word just, it doesn't do it justice. And I, I felt my phone buzz and I just kind of glanced at it. I was like, oh, Stephen has a question in Teams. So I just start answering the question and he looks over. He says, are you really on Teams right now on vacation with that? <laughs> the window. And I went, yeah, I think Rue and I, we get that though, don't we? I'm going to guess that you would respond exactly the same way as me and say, I'd be doing exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And it's bad, but I can't help myself. It's bad. And part of it is I'd rather take three minutes and do something than have it all pile up later or something like that. And, mm. and I'll, I'll bet you guys feel the same way too. It's, it's not 100% work to me. It doesn't feel mm. like right? That's it's, the problem. Yeah, <laughs> probably is a problem. <laughs> um, I am trying to, well, a couple of things. I have a different set of Teams notifications on my phone than I do my desktop. On Sundays, I have Teams completely muted. No notifications at all on Sunday. Um, on Saturday, I mean, sometimes we post fun things to each other in Teams. So it's like, I mean, it's kind of a little bit of social too. We should be taking that to Yammer, but um, I'm going to be real honest. I'm sorry, Yammer, your notifications still need work. There are times I go to that community and I'm seeing something that's like six weeks old. Like, oh, that's <laughs> not the newest thing. We talk too much for that to be the newest thing. But I'm trying to use my do not disturb feature on my phone more. Um, and... It's that whole be present thing takes discipline, but my husband's a mechanic and he has an amazing gift. And it's also amazing that he, as soon as he steps away from his shop, his job's done. Right. Yep. 
Yeah. So I'm trying to mimic him in that. And okay, you're here to interact with your husband, with your mother, with your friends. Be here. I'm trying. Mm. it's not easy Great is point. it and um i've recently changed roles myself i've been two, two weeks into a new job and I, i've tried to use that transition to get into some good new habits because mm -hmm. i've not been in good habits um for the last few years really in, in in balancing work and life and community and switching off so i've tried to start um practicing what i preach a little bit to customers and and through the community by starting to use things like fever insights and uh doing things like focus time and within work even just within work organizing yourself um is a challenge um but but then it, exactly as you you do trying to have at least one day at the weekend you, you for, for you it's sunday for for me it's i'm not doing a very good job with this because it's usually saturday for me and i'm doing yeah. this but <laughs> but <laughs> but saturday is normally my day where i don't touch anything work or community and i just will maybe just chill on the sofa and watch a movie or something yeah. if um if my wife and my two boys allow but um but yeah it's it's hard getting into those habits but it's so so important isn't it for you for your well-being and your mental health and um just just to get that balance but it's not easy it's yeah. not easy now do you all do you both use insights fairly regularly i've started to i've, I've used it consistently for the past couple of weeks and i'm loving it i i, I like doing the breathing the, the the breathing exercise i'm finding really really useful I tell you, I rolled my eyes so hard at that. I was like, oh, this is so ridiculous. And then I did it. I was like, oh, it mm. so yeah, is, this the, yeah. is this the headspace thing that is now integrated? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Need to check that out. Yeah, I started yeah. using So, you know, you get those weeks where it's like you have seven and eight hours straight of meetings. Mm. And my new normal meeting time is now 45 minutes, not an hour. So I can yeah. at least hopefully have a snack, run to the restroom, refresh my coffee, something. And I had read one of the Microsoft articles that they found if you take a minute of breathing in back-to-back -back meetings, it'll help you change your blah, 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 blah. I'm like, whatever, fine, click. <laughs> and I did. Sure enough, I went into that next meeting and I didn't feel that, okay, now what? What am I here for? What are we changing to? Uh, uh, uh. It, it was a much better transition. Yeah. Mm. I need to try it out. It sounds interesting. I need to get that a go. It's well worth a go for sure. I'm I'm loving all of the the, the new things that have come out of Microsoft in recent times, uh, along the lines of, of of Viva. I mean, I've I've, I've looked a lot at insights i've done a bit but i haven't done much with learning yet i've looked at topics which looks yeah. fantastic i think learning is pretty straightforward though to be honest it's uh, is what it is um and uh, the other thing i really love is sharepoint syntax i've played with that quite a lot and written about it quite a lot as well is, is that something mm -hmm. you've uh, gotten into a fair bit joy i haven't yet it is on my list of things you know your your continuing education mm. it gets longer yeah longer the new features that come out that is there i could see topics being a big deal especially think you work with customers and clients so you're reading through documentation or you're mm. writing documentation it would be so great for me to have that little bubble that could pop up and go here are other intranets that you have done for healthcare. Mm. absolutely i think that'd be pretty fantastic i'm excited about it 
Yeah, me too. One area where I can see it's going to help me particularly is with all of the endless acronyms that we have to know <laughs> in this day and age. I mean, it's just it's impossible keeping up with them. I, I have great trouble. And I just ask people now. I, I used to get embarrassed if I didn't know one and I would Google it. And I would, now I don't care. I'm just like, hold up. What's that one mean? <laughs> I've not heard that one before. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't help it doesn't help that sometimes they're not even official acronyms. So I know that this isn't SharePoint, but I know that within the Defender world, the Microsoft Defender for Endpoint, loads of people use lots of different acronyms because Microsoft never had one official one. So some folks will call it MDE, some folks will call it DFE, and it's just, it's a minefield. I came out of the government world. Oh, so you're used to it. <laughs> a lot of acronyms there. All the good ones taken. Yeah. Changing track very, very slightly, I think it would be remiss of us, given that as we record this, it's a few days after the announcement of Windows 11, which my initial thoughts on Windows 11, when the rumors were there about it, were, no, it can't be, it can't be, because they told us, they guaranteed us Windows 10 was going to be the last version of Windows ever. And my, my mind was comfortable with that. So I was, I was a little bit grumpy. I was like, what? They're going back on their word. I can't believe this. But I watched the event, um, as I'm sure we all did the other night. Um, and it looks really, really great. Well, what are your thoughts on it? I'm just, honestly, my thoughts are it's going to be wailing and gnashing of teeth for the customers mm. because it's an OS change. Yeah. It's just walking people through that. We still got, oh, okay, let's do a little mini rant here. We <laughs> see how folks were trying to get off of IE. Mm. You know, it's still out there and it's gaping vulnerability issues and all that. So it's just, I mean, change is inevitable. It's always going to change. There's always going to be something. Um, I don't, I'm just, I'm one of those. I prefer, this is one of the first times I actually went to Twitter, not to bring that conversation back, is to watch people install updates, change, move to the latest and greatest. When the bleeding stops, when the pain subsides, that's when I'm ready to jump in. Mm -hmm. So I've been enjoying kind of watching the conversations, watching people's opinions on this, and I'm just going to continue mm -hmm. to eat popcorn. And watch <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of people very, very angry that their devices are not going to be compatible with it, um, which yeah. I completely understand. So that, that seems to have been a little bit of an own goal there, but we shall see how it unfolds, I guess. Uh, I found out today that my my trusty workhorse desktop which i've had since i want to say 2011 or 2012 it's an old thing but it still runs perfectly well for me i just found out that's not compatible so ah, it's an excuse to go out and spend some money on a new one i guess but <laughs> mm. <laughs> it hasn't gone down well with a lot of folks uh, mm. mostly on this whole tpm issue which mm. that's the discussion for a different day but yeah it's yeah not being good, for good PR, thing one good thing that I really like the look of is Teams being baked right into the OS. Uh, right. I imagine yes. that will probably start off being the consumer version, I would guess. Yep. But, um, but, but that's a great thing. And the fact that you'll be able to send instant messages to any other platform, to iOS. So I imagine if I've interpreted that rightly, it means you'll be able to mm -hmm. Teams chat to iMessage on iPhone and stuff like that. 
that's going to be, oh, that's probably too big a word, but I'm going to say it. Revolutionary. Absolutely. And, you know, we've kind of been turning teams into the desktop on our desktop anyway. Yeah. It just, yeah. It just makes sense. Yep. And because they're, they're really, they're really rewriting it. I just pulled up, it was on Petri.com. I pulled up the exact terminology so I get it right. But they're moving away from Electron going on to Edge mm. WebView. And Angular is gone and it's now going to run 100% on React.js. Now, I'm not a developer, so that's kind of over my head. But I know that React.js is far faster than Angular when I've mm. seen other apps move to it. And that is one of the things. We actually discussed it in the last podcast, not last second last podcast with Paul Dredge, is the team's performance thing. That seems to be a big recurring complaint insofar as Teams looks at your RAM and just eats all of it. Whatever it can get its hands on, it takes. Uh, so it's cool to see that it's being acknowledged and at least something's being done about it. Mm-hmm. There's definitely room for improvement when it comes to, uh, sorry, SharePoint, but SharePoint and Teams performance, for sure. Um, I tell you, what my big wish list is, though? Ah, I'm going to make enemies when I say this. <laughs> I oh, want do File it. Explorer to go away. You want what, sorry? I want File Explorer to go away. File Explorer to go away. I do. Interesting. Okay. That's controversial. I know. <laughs> but it's for purely selfish reasons. I It's not uncommon for a customer to come to me and go, well, yeah, but once we move everything to SharePoint, they could just sync it all to their desktop anyway. You just get to it from File Explorer, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah I get that. Now you're not going to get your metadata and you're doing it because you don't want to break out those nested structures. So you want to stay 10 and 20 folders deep. Okay. Go use OneDrive sync to sync 20, 25 folders deep. See how good a time you're going to have doing that. It's not going to work well. Your performance is going to be crappy. Yeah, that's a good point. Cause I am one of those heathens that does, I do sync a few SharePoint libraries. However, I recently started trying to do that on my MacBook and it didn't go well at all. It seemed to handle it okay on Windows 10 uh, using files on demand, but the MacBook just. Yeah. It just killed yeah. OneDrive. And I had to completely remove it and start again. So, yeah, that's a controversial one, though. It's interesting. Because, like I said, I do sync files because I like using the I like using the full app, you know, for Word or Excel or things like that. You can, Which, do that. You can still do that, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely do that. You don't even have to open in the browser first. You can just select open in client application. Um, Now, I see my OneDrive and I work off of the file explorer of my OneDrive very frequently, moment by moment. But from the SharePoint perspective, I feel like we're trying to take a more modern tool and make it Mm. backwards compatible. Mm, That's true. Yeah. Older structure. Yeah. I think habits are hard to break as well, aren't they? Especially from a generational standpoint. I think uh, perhaps um, some, some younger generations just coming into their careers now, embracing these technologies will have an easier time starting to work in that more modern way than people who have been yeah. used to doing it for 10, 15, 20 years, uh, like myself, for example, where I yeah. I preach so much Microsoft 365 about how it should be used. Um, I don't know. I don't do half of it myself. I still find myself... 10 years later, still attaching attachments to emails. And I know I shouldn't be doing it, but uh, <laughs> I just, uh, I can't seem to break the habit sometimes. But I, 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 
<laughs> but uh, I try my best, and and certainly um, re- recently I'm trying to get into better new habits, and uh, and I'm I'm not syncing at the moment anything on, on on my work laptop. I'm I'm working completely from SharePoint online and uh, completely from Teams. So and I'm finding it brilliant. And another thing that I've heard. Uh, other community members talk about is using the web apps more than the than the full applications because they're so much better than they used to be and um i actually had no choice to do that for uh, the first few days um when i started my my, my latest role because we, i couldn't get the the apps on, onto my laptop so i was using the web, the web apps for uh, a few days and i was this is fine i could do this so <laughs> it's come a long way the outlook web application is phenomenal don't use the desktop app. If you're using your desktop Outlook app, stop it, turn it off, go to the web app. If you haven't seen the new board view with your calendar. That's good. Calendar. Yeah. Oh, I owe Stacy a video for the board view. I've just got to get my head cold cleared up and then I'm going to go record that for her. It's, it's phenomenal. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Um, one thing I would like to talk about very briefly is, and that we talk about a lot on the show is diversity inclusion, a very important subject in the times we're, we're living in. What are your experiences uh, in relation to, to, to this topic? And have you encountered any barriers or challenges yourself, particularly as a woman working in the IT industry? I have stories. Some are hilarious, some are sad. Um, by and large, by and large, um, I've been very fortunate to, I, I wouldn't say that there have been barriers per se. Mm. Um, I would say that there were times I had to push harder to be on equal footing. That has happened, but I don't know that we call that a barrier. It didn't stand in my way, but I, I had to be a little bit more forceful to be heard with the same validity as the other peers in the room. Um, Mm. As as a female in technology, there are times I'm the only female in the room. Uh, Sometimes that's an advantage. Sometimes people are like, oh, novel. Let's hear what she has to say. And then there are others, they're like, okay, well, is that why you're here? You know, and I have been a token liar. I am. I was once hired as a uh, enterprise content management consultant for a company that wanted to break into doing ECM. Love the mm-hmm. fact that I was SharePoint. I was the only female hire on the entire technical team for this small company. Mm-hmm. And this was several years into my career. This is only about six years ago. Um, and the day I, I onboarded the HR lady, she was like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. Thanks so much. The I'm trying to see if I can say this word being recorded. Um, it's fine. Whatever you need to say, you can say. Are we good? Just okay. We could just, so the owner of the company swaggers in and he was like, we're so ha- glad to have you on the team. I think we're going to need to get you a shirt that says no penis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All of it. And Just in I, case I, it wasn't I, obvious. Right. And, and we're shaking hands as he says that. And the only thing you can think of is I never had that be a point of confusion before. 
thing some people say. That's uh... I know it was really odd. It, it was an odd environment. Um, they kind of used it as a shock value. I was mm. maybe there six weeks, and I was like, "This is not working." Because every yeah. time I bring up ECM, they're like, "We want to teach you how to install this software. Could you go file these, please?" Right. Okay. Really, you want to? <laughs> Paying me to file and make copies. Bye. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a yeah, good place to exactly. be. Exactly. It was so bizarre. But most most of my career, um, I've not had issues. One time I did on the help desk, I was installing some software and I just went back to my boss and I said, I would prefer to not ever go to that person's office again. Mm. And he's like, Do we need to do anything like that? No, just I'm not going to their office again. He's like, you'll never have to talk to them again. I'm like, okay, thanks. You know, but um, I would say when if women find themselves feeling like I don't feel like I'm being taken as seriously or I'm not on equal footing, don't be afraid to have the conversation. Yep. Um, this is going to sound harsh when I say it at first. Don't whine about it have the conversation right mm. you're just complaining about it that's not effective you have to confront it and i think women we have a tendency to not be comfortable with confrontation yeah makes sense that's okay you don't have to be comfortable with it it sucks but you do it anyway have the conversation and say you know i feel that i'm not maybe an equal pay or maybe I've not been given the advancement I feel I should have. Mm. Can you talk me through why? Can you talk me through why I've not moved forward? Are there legitimately things that you feel I need to accomplish first or need to improve on? Right. Give me a task list. Let me prove that I can do this. If you don't have those things, then it's time to take this conversation to the next level. Why have these things not happened and have a conversation? I've always been very conscious. I'm never going to be where I am because I'm a woman. Prove to you that I can do it. I may have to try a little harder, a little longer. But, you know, if that sharpens my skills and hones my ability, then I'm the better for it. Definitely. Absolutely. Definitely. And that's that's kind of similar to the discussion we had with, with Holly Lehman insofar as, you know, if you do have – challenges and struggles that you have to overcome in your career and your life in whole that that just makes you all the stronger as a result of it all and you'll come out at the end a better person and i think honestly male female every race religion creed we've all got things that we have to overcome and those challenges um sometimes it's pure dumb luck that people get to where they are sometimes it's blood sweat and tears yep sometimes it's a little bit of both yep i'm so true well, I same. feel that way, definitely. I've had a bit of both all the way through my <laughs> life and career, without a doubt. A lot of right place at the right time. <laughs> a lot of good luck. Good luck and good fortune and timing. But um, I'm just very conscious of time. We uh, we, we mustn't take up too much of, 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 of your valuable weekend time. Um, but we, we do need to ask uh, our regular <laughs> featured question, which is movie-related. So first and foremost, are you, are you a movie fan, Joy? Um. I can't say I'm an all movie movie fan, but I have certain genres of movies that I am a huge fan of. Okay. What sorts of genres are you most 
do you lean towards most? Um, action, adventure, sci-fi. So Star Trek, Star Wars, Marvel. I have oh, to wow. see, but come on, guys, you can do better. <laughs> you fit right into IT then, if that's the kind of movies that you're into. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you can't go when more than... name is actually Shulky. She's got the, the little decals. That's the nickname for She-Hulk. Ah, cool. Fantastic. <laughs> so I guess, you know, I'll let Peter go ahead and answer the question, but it is a question that, you know, depending on your answer here, it does depend whether or not we have you as a recurring guest on the show. Oh. So I'll just, I'll just, no, no pressure. <laughs> yeah. But, um, well, the question is that we are going to put to you, the all important question is, do you prefer, if you've seen them, Terminator 1 or Terminator 2? Oh, so I have seen all the movies, and in fact, my demos, I, I used to work for a Teledyne company, and I would do demos based on Teledyne and Cyberdyne, <laughs> and implementing the T-1000 user oh. software, but, um, oh gosh, I don't know, I don't know what I'm supposed to say, but there will always be a soft spot in my heart for the original. Oh, okay. I think we're an even playing there. It sounds about right. It seems to be a mix between one and two and fairly equal balance. For the record, I'm on team two, but that's fair enough. I can respect your decision as a mature person. I mean, I have to say, they have kept that franchise pretty legit. Hmm. It still has a lot of life in it, which is kind of surprising. I don't think the last one did too badly at the box office, even though it was basically a remake of the second one. But you know, it's, they'll keep yeah. it as long as as long as Arnie is still able to move. They'll keep and it. Was it. Fun. Yeah. it was fun. It was fun, and that's what's what we're there for. We're there for the special effects. We're there for the killer robots, and we're there for the accent, and it delivered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just comfort food movies at this stage now you know what i mean but but that's fine i'm also a big star trek fan and uh star wars but uh huge, huge trekkie i've seen every star trek they've ever made and i'll i'll continue to do so as they bring more out so um what would you the, a common question that always gets asked in star trek world uh, is Kirk or Picard but I don't think that's fair I think you need to add to that you need to add Kirk, Picard Cisco or Janeway <laughs> well Picard so yep. I'm a next gen <laughs> fanatic mm-hmm. but Picard Cisco would be my number two yeah mine uh, was bomb and Commander Cisco is phenomenal um, after that, I would probably go Jane Waker. Yeah, yeah, I can go along with that. I can go along with that. I think the competency of command is kind of where Yeah, yeah, I get where you're coming from. Uh, I mean, I grew up with the originals. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when there was only one Star Trek, so <laughs> that's how old I am. And and I never imagined there'd be more, um, but but now there's tons of them. And and Kirk probably is my least favorite captain. I think there's way better characters than him throughout, throughout the original, like McCoy and Spock, for example. But mm-hmm. 
but 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 what a, what, I'm I'm so excited about the new series of Picard that's filming right now and will be out next year. Um, I, I love the last one. I love Discovery, and um, there's just so much good stuff. Yeah, my poor husband never really got into it. He's a Doctor Who fan, the original Doctor Who, not the new one yeah. so much. But um, with the Picard series and the Borg, I was having to like pause the show, explain to him, this is what the Borg are, this is what... It, and when Hugh Borg came on, I mm. felt... I actually, one of my favorite conventions I ever went to, I actually spent the day with Jonathan DeLarco, which is... Oh, Wow. So just how it how it happened, but I was like, "Oh my gosh, you more!" He's like, "What's this?" I was like, "Okay, let me explain." <laughs> After we wrapped that series up, I made him go back and we watched all of the Borg episodes of Star Trek, whether he wanted yeah. to, or not, but it was for his own good. Of course, it was. You've got to see the Borg episodes; they are so good. Q, who best of both worlds, part one and two, they are essential viewing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely agree with you completely. Oh, Hugh, what, what, Jonathan Delarco, what a lovely, lovely guy. I mean, I, I don't know him personally, obviously, but you can just tell from the way he talks on his social media and interviews, just he's such a genuinely lovely person. And I've had the good fortune to meet a couple of, of, of the cast uh, as well myself. I met Marina Sirtis, who plays Deanna Troy in The Next Generation mm-hmm. at a convention, and Alexander Siddig, who plays Dr. Bashir in Deep Space Nine. And uh, that was in Blackpool, England in 1993. So, um, <laughs> but they, they were very, very charming, very lovely. And they always are, the, for, the, for the most part, um, conventions like that. And I've been to a few of the ones like Highlander and Babylon 5 and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I'm, all, all that sort of stuff. I'm a total geek. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll out oh. myself a little bit. Back in my younger days, I used to dye my hair dark. And I would actually compete in lookalike contests as Deanna Troy. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> so I'm a legit yeah. geek. I've, I've got my trophy in the closet somewhere. 100% geek, you know, but... Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can see that, actually. I can see you cosplaying as Deanna very, very, very well indeed. So I, if you you must, have you got any pictures that you can share with us of that, or is that? <laughs> Cause, I'm cause that... sure I do somewhere in the depths of the closet somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that would be cool. Because cosplay, I mean, um, as it's called now, I mean, I, I'm old school and conventions I always say I was a Trekkie, I was a geek before it was cool. Um, and and it, just, it just used to be called fancy dress when we did it, but now it's cosplay. But it's a massive thing, isn't it? It's people who make their, their living from it, isn't there? Which is mad when you think about it. Hands yeah, down. But it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. But, um, well, I, honestly, I could talk about this sort of stuff all day long as you can probably tell but we must we must wind things up and uh thank you so much for joining us today joy um before we do is there anything else you'd like to say to uh our audience uh how they can reach you uh and all that good stuff oh at joy of sharepoint twitter that is where i am the most active um i'm i'm figuring out instagram trying to figure out what to do but again it's at joy of sharepoint uh that's me and be looking out at the uh, the events going on. I'm, I'm starting to submit for in-person things. The North American Collaboration Summit will be a hybrid event. We'll be doing a full day workshop on how to go from nested to flat architecture. 
Ooh, oh, so, awesome. All kinds of good stuff is coming. Um, but yeah, find me on social. Um, Joy Apple on LinkedIn. That's the only place where it's like my real name. But I'm easy to find. Awesome. Good stuff. We'll uh, we'll make sure we link to all of that kind of stuff in the show notes page uh, on the podcast on YouTube. And a reminder to everyone, you know, if you like the show, then hit the like button, hit the bell icon to get notifications and subscribe to us. That would, that helps us out and it helps keep you in the loop. And uh, I guess we'll sign out then. So this has been episode 15, Cloud Conversations. I've been Rue, joined by Pete and Joy Apple. Thanks for having us, guys. Thank you. Thanks all. See you next time. Cheers, everyone. Bye. Bye.